Welcome to Blue Collar Mystics, the under the hood approach to the depths of human consciousness. So many mysteries, so little time, so many big words. That's why we aim to take the mystical and make it practical, usable in your everyday life. And you know, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your story. What happened when you started asking yourself the real questions? Like, who am I? What is this? Is it a hologram? Is this some kind of weird cosmic joke? Hey, these are the questions that we are trying to get to the bottom of as we explore the final rabbit hole together here as Blue Collar Mystics. Dope, dope, dope. I'm so excited here at the set of the moon landing. We are really excited to have uh, an amazing show coming to you guys live today. I have a spectacular guest. I'm really excited. I'm actually coming to you from Shadow Walk Films. This is the new home of a film studio. I've been working with my friend for a while. And uh, boy, the lights are bright and my head is shiny. But welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about lucid dreaming today, and just before we get into it, I've got my co-host, uh, James Thomas. We're really excited. We're collaborating together. You might know him as Admiral Hits. You, you know, you might, you might have uh, talked to your dead cat in his spaceship, you know. <laughs> uh, you might have had uh, a, an amazing uh, type of experience as a result of, of being anywhere near this guy. Uh, and uh, we are both very excited to uh, contribute what we've learned, hopefully, help some people out and do some amazing exploits. It's a, it's a great year. Uh, be sure to share this out. Uh, the, the, the one thing that you could do for us is to share this video. It costs you nothing. Just share it out. Let your friends know. Talk about it. All that kind of stuff. Uh, rate the show. That costs nothing. Uh, let people know. Uh, the more ratings we have, the better the show looks and the more we can continue to get amazing guests. And also be sure to follow all the guests. I want to really quick say thank you to our friends at content safe because they distribute this uh, work not just on youtube but bitshoot minds float odyssey all the alt media platforms um they're amazing they're great people and uh they're really tech savvy so if you have friends who are content creators uh, let's get in touch and let's get their stuff out there for the whole world to see we will be at grimerica's contact at the cabin event next february in mount shasta be sure to reserve your spot today. There is a link below. We had an amazing time in uh, Arizona last year, or this year, and so we're really excited about coming to Mount Shasta. It's one of the most magical places on Earth, and uh, I'm actually really, really excited about it. So without further ado, I do want to get into this, uh, this episode. Enough with the promos. Uh, and uh, and bring our illustrious guest, Mr. Robert Wagner, into the stream. Robert, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Great to be here. Thanks. Coming all the way from uh, the Midwest, right? You're in Chicago? Uh, yep, in the Chicago area and uh, go all around the nation, around the world, talking about lucid dreaming. Well, it's a, it's a fascinating topic and it's something that I've had a few experiences with. I'm certainly no expert uh, when it comes to lucid dreaming, but there does seem to be a whole entire world there uh, that is unexplored. Can you talk a little bit about... Uh, 
just what lucid dreaming is, just in case people uh, aren't familiar with it? Yeah, so uh, a lucid dream is any dream in which you realize within the dream that you're dreaming. You literally know, hey, hey, this is a dream. I'm dreaming this because you've seen something impossible or you've had some incredible realization. Uh, a lot of people think that lucid dreaming means control, that now suddenly you magically control everything. But, but I, I try to uh, persuade people that that's not the case. Because when you fly through a wall and you see a whole new scene on the other side, who created that? And so, so you're kind of, in a way, relating to your unconscious mind or your larger awareness. And, and so that's, that's the incredible thing. Because of virtual reality, you know, uh, you know that some guy programmed it or some woman programmed it, and that there's an end to a virtual reality. But in a lucid dream, who programmed the lucid dream? You just go deeper and deeper and deeper, and, and that's the beauty of lucid dreaming. Well, it's absolutely fascinating and something to think about. It's very meta, as they might say, you know, or, or fractalized, you know, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and also quite, quite exciting. I, I read somewhere the other day that it's like it's our charge to try to figure out the mysteries of the universe, even though we know we just aren't ever going to be able to do that. Now, that said, we can glean more and more insight uh, through experiences like lucid dreaming. And, I, you know, I think it's kind of funny that we've compartmentalized these two parts of life, this, this, this dream experience that we have that we've basically, you know, cast away and cast aside and said, oh, there's no value to this. And then the real world, the real life that we live in, which we think is very real uh, because of its inertness and uh, because of our attitude and disposition. Yeah. What, um, what clued you in that dreams mattered or had any uh, impact or effect on, on your life? Yeah, you know, when, when I was a young guy, I just had vivid dreams, and so I paid attention to them. And I think what started to get me was on occasion, a dream figure would say something, and then I'd wake up, and four hours later, I'd be out on the playground with my friends in, you know, in uh, elementary school, and some kid would say the exact same phrase that this dream figure said, you know, uh, you know, at five o'clock in the morning in my dream. And, and so I thought, how is this happening? You know, what, what's going on here? So I, I started to have uh, what most people would call precognitive dreams uh, kind of early on. So that made me kind of think that that dreaming itself was kind of a, a gateway to kind of an alternate uh, realm or, uh, or the realm of the larger awareness. But uh, my first lucid dream occurred when I was probably like 11 years old. Um, if you can imagine, I, I was in the uh, public library looking at books, and all of a sudden I see this little baby Tyrannosaurus Rex walking through the book stacks. And even for me as an 11-year-old, I thought, what, what the heck? Uh, dinosaurs are extinct. How can this be? And then I thought, oh, I, I must be dreaming. I'm dreaming this. And then I told myself, well, if I'm dreaming this, I can wake up. And I woke up. And so I, that was kind of my reality check at the time to confirm that I was consciously aware in the dream state. But uh, I, I got into junior high, high school, kept following my dreams, uh, just, just blown away by some dreams. And it wasn't until high school that I figured out a way to consciously induce lucid dreaming. Wow, that's amazing. And so did you figure that out on yourself, uh, out by yourself, or did you have some insight, a book? Did you start digging around for information? Let's hear a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, uh, one of my older brothers had come home uh, from the university and had this book, Journey to Ixtalan by Carlos Castaneda. 
And, and uh, so, so what people ought to know is Carlos Castaneda was this UCLA graduate student in anthropology. And he went down to the Southwest US because he wanted to investigate psychoactive plants like peyote and mescaline and all this kind of stuff. And uh, he meets a shaman named Don Juan who's going to teach him about all this stuff, but in the process is, is teaching him an alternate view of reality. And so I'm reading this book, and the shamanic teacher Don Juan says that Carlos should find his hands in the dream state and become aware of dreaming. And really, exactly. And I, I thought, what? You can do that? And I, well, where's the technique? And I kept reading those pages over and over. There wasn't a technique. And so I just created my own technique and within a few days had my first consciously induced lucid dream. That is so cool. Yeah. A, a friend of mine was talking about that, the hands in the dream, you know, I think a lot of spiritual people will do that too. Like, look at your hands, you know, because there's a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, j j just to make it simple, uh, uh, at that time, as a young guy, I, I knew about the power of suggestion and, and I knew a little bit about self-hypnosis, but th this is what I did uh, before I'd go to sleep. I would just sit there and look at the palm of my hands while telling myself, tonight in my dreams, I'll see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. Tonight in my dreams, I'll see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. And I just repeat that softly in my head over and over and then fall asleep. On the third night of doing this, I'm walking through my high school hallway and my hands pop right in front of my face and I go, oh crap, this is my hands. This is a dream. And it was so wild to realize, you know, those football player guys, those, they're dream figures. And this wall over here that feels cool and nubby, it's, it's actually dream stuff. And I went on and had a mind-blowing uh, lucid dream. And I, I was just blown away that, that you could become consciously aware within the dream, explore the dream state, and go from there. So I was hooked, but the only problem was nobody else would agree with me that you could become consciously aware in the dream state. You know, I was telling my high school friends, hey, I'm becoming aware of my oh, you're having a dream about a dream or, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And, and so I said, no, I am. And so it was five years later when the scientific evidence emerged. And finally, I could talk about lucid dreaming uh, without sounding like I was totally nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, the hands thing is something that, um, that I do hear come up uh, pretty often. And it gives me a funny image of like the old video game Doom, where you just see the guy's hands, you know, oh, yeah. right in front of him. Like, like I'm just gonna start walking around everywhere I go like this, you know, just with my hands in my view, so just to, just to check and see. But yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's something so incredibly magical about that experience of lucid dreaming. Like I said, I've only had a handful myself, but I've never felt so invigorated. I've never felt so in control, uh, and I've never felt. Uh, you know, just so like really, truly, uh, there's an author that I really like who says that, you know, a lucid dream is, you know, drugs are nothing compared to what you're capable to, of doing in a dream. And I, I, you know, when we get deeper and deeper into your book, like you, you get into some amazing uh, ideas, uh, but maybe we could talk just a little bit about the practicality and the usability of lucid dreams. How can we induce a lucid dream and how can that help us in our quest our day-to-day -day life yeah so uh the way it can help uh, there's a lot of different ways uh first when you become consciously aware in the dream state and you learn how to stabilize it so you can have a long lucid dream then then you can use it to access creativity you know whatever project you're working on whether you're a musician an artist a novelist a software programmer whatever you can use it to access inner creativity 
Then you can also use it for what I'd call emotional healing. So already uh, psychotherapists are using lucid dreaming to help people who have recurring nightmares from PTSD. And that's one of the most common symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, people have recurring nightmares, but they teach them to become lucidly aware just once. And then basically their nightmares cease. And for a lot of people, that's great because, you know, then they don't have to drink themselves to sleep or, or you know, take other self-medicate to just get a decent night's sleep. But besides that kind of emotional healing, I've also seen lucid dreamers use it to resolve phobias, to deal with uh, waking anxiety. They resolve it in the lucid dream state. I've, I've seen people just do incredible things. Um, you can also, and, and this is kind of, now we're moving a little bit further out. Uh, you can also, I feel, use lucid dreaming for physical healing or to improve physical health. And people who have read my books uh, send me emails all the time like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And then I went to the doctor and the test confirmed it. And the doctor said, how did this happen? And I told him I did it in a lucid dream. And they asked me, what's a lucid dream? <laughs> but, 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 but the wild thing is that, that uh, the Buddhists who practice Buddhist dream yoga and use lucid dreaming, they say that an action performed at the level of lucid dreaming is nine times more powerful than one performed at the waking state. And I think it's because when you're deep down in the unconscious and you intend for something to happen, it's just like, boom, it just blows the doors wide open and can make incredible changes. But beyond physical healing, there's also the issue of interacting with what I call the larger awareness. You can literally ignore dream figures and just shout out a question to your unconscious mind. And a lot of people have their minds blown away uh, when they hear a, either a verbal response or a visual response that answers their question. And then, then finally, there's the idea of using lucid dreaming for spiritual practices. Like in a lucid dream, you can surrender to the divine and sometimes you'll have your most wild lucid dreams. Or other times you can do something like meditate in a lucid dream and you'll have your mind blown if you do it in a thoughtful way. So those are some of the benefits. And I think that's why people, once they get on the path, they go, wow, this is far out. I'm going to keep checking this out. Wow. That, no, it is. It is absolutely fascinating. And it's so cool that you followed your own, you know, course to figure this kind of stuff out and then come across Castaneda, who is definitely a figure that we uh, hear uh, often. And I'm reading a book right now. Actually, we have uh, a reading uh, club that we're doing and we're trying some some experiments. Actually, hopefully we're going to get to doing some of the stuff that you talk about in, in lucid dreaming. Um, it's called uh, The Dream Searchers. Are you familiar with the book? No, no, I haven't heard about it. So it's a Russian book. I don't know how I found it. I found it a few years ago. Uh, Russian stuff finds me. I don't know if it's my KGB <laughs> ties. I'm not really sure. But, uh, <laughs> but for some reason, uh, these, and these, these books, they do find me. And what I find is a lot of this Russian mystical stuff is very derivative of Castaneda. Um, they, they even mention Castaneda in this book and mm -hmm. what he did. And then, you know, for me, I had a similar kind of experience to you telling your friends, hey, I'm doing stuff in my dreams. <laughs> That's fun. When I started to tell people about Castaneda and his work, because I was reading The Art of Dreaming. And as soon as I brought it up, some friends of mine who are like academics, they just immediately lambasted him and said he's a fraud and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, for, for me and for us, uh, you know, our community, what, what matters to us is, is not 
the mark of someone's character so much. <laughs> you know, we all ha- try to have integrity and in, in all of that. That's sure. uh, important to, to treat people with respect and dignity. But what I'm mostly concerned with is if the practice itself works, you know, is, is the proof in the pudding. And it seems to be in that particular case. Any thoughts on why uh, Castaneda is such a controversial figure? Well, you know, um, here's one thing that happened to me. And uh, before Castaneda's book, The Art of Dreaming, came out. So, so I, I taught myself how to lucid dream in 1975 when I was a junior in high school. And so I, for five years, I just did it on my own, kind of figured out the rules all by myself. And then in 1980, the scientific evidence came out. And so now I could talk about it and interact with other people. But it's about five years later, um, I was part of an explorers group in lucid dreams. And every month we'd have a task to do. And, and there were about 30 people in this explorers group. Anyway, during that March, uh, May area of 1985, that's the first time I encountered what I call the awareness behind the dream. And and so basically, um, I ask a dream figure, who are you or what do you represent? And instead of the dream figure responding, a voice from above him kind of boomed out a partial response. Then I had to ask that invisible voice, what? You know, explain that. And then it gave me the full response. So in 1985, and, and I sent out my lucid dream to the other 30 people on the, on the group, I kind of discovered this awareness behind the dream. And so then the next few years, I began to explore, you know, how deep is this knowledge? Is this weird reflection of my subconscious? What's going on here? And I began to see how incredibly creative and knowledgeable uh, this awareness behind the dream was. So that's 1985. Fast forward to 1993, and that's when Carlos Castaneda's book, The Art of Dreaming, comes out. And there in his book, he asked Don Juan, who is this non-visible voice that responds to my questions in lucid dreaming? And Don Juan says, that's the dreaming emissary. It'll always tell you the truth whenever you ask a question uh, in a lucid dream. And I'm reading this and thinking, if, if Castaneda is a fraud, he is a super, you know, no one was talking about this in the lucid dreaming world. I mean, me and some of my friends were and, and that kind of thing. But you had to be really deep into lucid dreaming to encounter this awareness behind the dream. And virtually everything that Don Juan said in there, um, if you read it in a thoughtful framework, is, is totally dead on. It, it's totally accurate. So... People have to explain to me, sure, Constantina might have embellished things and exaggerated things and and fictionalized uh, some waking events and all that. Okay, let's say he did. But somehow, how did he come to understand that there's an awareness behind the dream uh, that Don Juan called a dreaming emissary? That's just way too deep, and most people would have no knowledge. You wouldn't be able to open up a book anywhere. The Buddhists don't talk about it in Buddhist dream yoga. There's no other mystical tradition. The Sufis don't talk about the awareness behind the dream. Nobody does. And so to see that he came up with that, to me, made me realize that there's something going on here, that the guy knows something and has had some experiences. 
I, I mean, yeah, the proof is in, in the pudding, as they say. I don't know why they say it's pudding, but whatever. The idea is, you know, if it works, it works. And, and so I've talked to several friends of mine who, who had similar experiences and can confirm it. So, you know, whatever is behind all that controversy, as long as the concepts work, uh, that's really all yeah. that I'm concerned about. And I think it's beautiful and, 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 and pretty amazing uh, to be able to access some sort of higher awareness, you know, through the dream state. That's incredible. It will always tell you the truth. And for many of us, we are creatives. Uh, I, I think everyone's a creative, I, I would say, you know, in, in some form or fashion. A lot of people will shove that off and say, oh, I'm not creative. But they are. They, uh, they, may, they maybe just don't realize it. So um, I think all of those uh, are very, all of those sort of uh, techniques are incredibly practical, usable uh, and, uh, and really helpful, I think, you know, to be able to know that, because I know for sure, like a lot of amazing things have come out of dreams. I think, uh, you know, Paul McCartney wrote yesterday was from a dream and several right. other, uh, things I've, I've gotten some jokes and <laughs> insights <laughs> as well <laughs> from my dreams. And, uh, <clears throat> there is some sort of, there is something there something to that you know uh that uh we're all somehow connected to and through as well and uh, right. i'm excited to learn more about what you know what is possible and what the possible effects are can we talk a little bit about how how this really changed you and 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 having the confidence to continue down a path when a bunch of people are naysaying it it's, it speaks a lot but what what do you think what do you think motivated you what what kept you going as you start to explore this concept that's taboo? Yeah, you know, um, for me, uh, th th there were a couple different threads. Uh, first, ever since I was a young guy, I just wanted to understand the nature of reality. You know, I, I don't want to prove it to other people. I just want to understand it just for myself, uh, just like you were saying in the intro. So all of this doesn't seem like some giant, you know, tragic comedy uh, that, that I'm experiencing. And, and, and I remember as a young guy asking myself over and over, who am I? And I'll never forget when I kind of, uh, you know, my, my inner voice told me, you are what you let yourself become. And I was like, whoa, you are whoa. what you let yourself become. What, what, <laughs> what does that mean? And it's kind of like, it was saying like, like the, the end point is nearly infinite but you got to allow yourself to, to step into that. And I was like, whoa, that, that was just totally wild. But it, it's interesting when I, um, I just kept going deeper into lucid dreaming because especially when I began to engage this larger awareness, I began to see that its level of creativity was just light years beyond the ego waking uh, Robert and, and, and all. So like, like here, here's an example of, one time I became lucidly aware and I, I announced, hey, dream. So I ignored all the dream figures. So I'm just now I'm just interacting with this space above me. I go, hey, dream, let me see my life as if it was a painting. And boom, within microseconds, here's this like 80 foot by 30 foot painting up in, up in the sky, all totally decked out, you know, my life as a painting. And, and I, I'm just blown away by the creativity that I saw in that moment. I mean, just in a microsecond, this, this inner awareness just called it forth. 
but but I'll, I'll remember uh, when my book, my first book came out, I got a email from a guy uh, from Southern California. And, and he said he, he wanted to write me um, after he got his uh, associate's degree. And he said what had happened to him, that he'd become a meth addict and twice he went to rehab. And the second time he was in rehab, uh, he saw my book on his uh, drug rehab guy's desk. And, and he was bored out of his mind. I mean, he had 60 or 90 days in rehab. And so he decided to read my book. And when he got to this part of interacting with a, a non-visible awareness, that really got him excited. And he told me, so he began to have lucid dreams. He'd interact with this non-visible awareness. And one time he asked, the, the non-visible awareness said to him, would you like to see what your life is going to be like if you continue to use drugs? And, and the, kid, the kid said, sure, show me. And he said the next 10 minutes of the lucid dream, it was like a video of everyone he would hurt, all the damage he'd do, all the incredible wow. damage he'd do to his body. He, he said that when he came out of that lucid dream after watching all the, all the trouble and difficulty and, and disaster, he, he said that's when he finally decided to give up drugs. And, uh, and so he wrote me after he got his associate's degree because he said he knew if he could stay clean for two years that, that then it would you know, really be an accomplishment. But he sent me some of these uh, interactions he had with his non-visible awareness. And I, I told him, these are far beyond what I normally do. You know, this, this kid, he was getting whole downloads of all sorts of information. It, it was truly phenomenal. So, so again, I just, once I opened up that, it was like I opened up a whole new vista into the unconscious mind. And, and that's why I just kept going deeper and deeper. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a good reason, <laughs> you know, as far, as far as reasons go. And, uh, you know, you start to see that evidence that, you know, something's happening as you're taking these steps and then you start to connect with people and learn. That's amazing. What an amazing story that that person, you know, was able to uh, shift their life from, you know, living with an addiction to who knows. I, I imagine they've probably become quite successful at this point. I there's a wonderful uh, guy who interviewed me one time, and, and he told me his story, which I think is really instructive. Uh, so, so he said uh, his parents split up when he was a little kid, and then his mom got cancer when he was like 16 years old or something and passed away. And, and so he said he grew up really angry. He's just angry at the world. And so he became a bouncer at a bar uh, because the great thing was at 2 o'clock in the morning, he could beat up everyone who refused to leave and kind of expressed some of his anger. And, and so, so he said, you know, he'd been about a year into being a bouncer. And then one, one morning he fell asleep and all of a sudden his mom appears. And he goes, wait a second, mom's dead. How can this be? And at that moment he became lucidly aware. And his, and his mom began to talk to him and told him, I left a bunch of stuff for you with our old friends and gave the names and, and all that kind of stuff you got to contact them and get all this stuff that I left for you. And, and so, so the guy wakes up and he's wondering, you know, did I just dream of my mom? Was that just a lucid dream where I was interacting with the symbol of my grief or, or was that really uh, something of a spiritual visit? And, and so he uh, looks up and finds this uh, couple that his mom used to know and, and, and asks them, do they have something for him? And they go, Oh yeah, your mom left a bunch of boxes for you of, you know, old family memorabilia and, you know, childhood drawings and all this stuff. He, he said he was blown away. He said when he got there, 
and saw that what his mom told him in a lucid dream, his deceased mom told him in a lucid dream, was accurate. He said that's when he decided there's more to this life than just, you know, beating up people who won't leave the bar at two in the morning. And, and so he got his head together and, and actually he uh, developed some big uh, software companies and uh, did very well for himself. So, so again, you know, I, it kind of just shows uh, there's more to lucid dreaming than just having fun because a lot of us become lucid and we just fly around, have lucid dream sex, do whatever, and we just have fun. And there's, there's deeper aspects to this that can really transform people's lives. That's the thing that I'm personally the most excited about. You know, I know I, I've, I have heard, you know, from Abby that, you know, once people pick the skill up that they just like have sex and fly for a while and then and ultimately maybe just get bored with that, which is hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, you can't hardly blame somebody. Oh, yeah, you can at all. And some people, it'll take them years to get bored with it. I, I mean, right. I, I, I hate to say it, uh, but but it can literally take years to get bored with that stuff. But eventually you move on, hopefully you move on and you realize that there's more to it. And that's one reason I wrote my first book. You know, uh, Stephen LaBerge, kind of the father of lucid dreaming science, he, he'd done a, got some books out there and encouraged people. But I wanted to show people, wait a second, you can heal emotional trauma, you can heal your physical body, you can access the inner awareness, you can access creativity beyond all imagining. You know, I, that's why I wrote a book. I wanted people to see that there's much more to lucid dreaming than just hanging out, flying around, and, and having lucid dream sex. That's awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. And like I said, that's, that's the stuff I'm really excited to learn more about and, and to hopefully learn how to do as well. One of the things that intrigues me is a shared lucid uh, experience. And I would love to hear uh, a little bit about that and what even... What even would, would give you the idea that something like that might even be possible? You know, um, so, so in my book, uh, I have a number of chapters, you know, like a chapter on lucidly interacting with the deceased and, and all, and, and lucidly trying to get information outside of space and time. But I also have a chapter on mutual lucid dreams. And, and of course, what, what this is all bringing up is the idea that either individuals connect somehow in the dream state and could pass on information and then wake up with that information and, and have it verified uh, by a third party or whatever. And so, so I think normally here's what, here's what you'll find. You'll find someone becomes lucidly aware uh, when they're with one of their friends and they'll learn something about one of their friends and, and they'll wake up with that information which they verify in the morning. So that's that's kind of like a one-sided uh, mutual lucid dream because one person's lucid and the other person isn't. Uh, and an example of that is, um, um, so I live in the Midwest. I have a good friend, uh, Maureen. Everyone calls her Mo. Uh, she lives out in the Bay Area. And uh, she, she and I had played around a little bit with dream telepathy, you know, trying to send somebody an image or an idea and then have them dream about it and tell you tell you their dreams the next day and see if it connected to the target. So anyway, uh, one night I become lucidly aware and I'm in this restaurant and, and I'm just admiring like, uh, you know, the grains of salt in the salt shaker. They look exactly like what they should look like, even though I know it's a dream. It's like the detail, a, a Hollywood set designer couldn't have done better than the incredible detail. 
And so in through the restaurant door walks Mo. And, and I run up to her and I go, Mo, this is a dream. Do you know we're dreaming this? But, but here's the thing. She had rapid eye movement. So her eyes are moving every which way. And so that gave me the clue that she's actually within her own dream. She's having her own dream experience. And so I, I begin to think, how can I make her become lucidly aware? And so at that moment, I decide, well, a lot of times I become lucid when I start to fly. And so I picked her, I grabbed her around the waist and started to levitate, you know, up to the ceiling. And I said, look, Mo, we're, we're floating. This is a dream. We're dreaming this. But she still just had this rapid eye movement. And so now I was getting frustrated. I couldn't figure out how to make her become lucidly aware like I was. And so this is what I did. I put my fingers in a peace sign like this, and I shoved it in her face. And I said, Mo, do you see this peace sign? You can use it as a symbol to help you become lucid anytime you want. And, and with that, you know, I, I said goodbye and, and ended the lucid dream. Well, the, the next day I thought she'd write me or call me or something, but nothing happened. And I, I didn't tell this story to any of my friends. So about three months later, I'm out on the bay, in the Bay Area on business, and I realized I have some open time and, and could um, see Mo for lunch if she wanted to. And so she said, oh, yeah, you know, uh, meet me at this restaurant in Burlingame on Main Street at, at 12 noon. So I drive there. I, again, we're in physical reality now. I'm standing outside the restaurant, and here comes Mo walking right up the street, the sidewalk. And all of a sudden, she puts her fingers in a peace sign and shoves it in my face. And, and I said, Mo, why are you doing that? And she said, I don't know why. I just felt like it. And, and she, she's really a spontaneous type. And, you know, so feelings, uh, you know, if she had a feeling to do something, she just did. But again, she, you know, this is an example of someone uh, imparting information to someone else, you know, in, in a lucid dream. And that person waking with it, but on a subconscious level. So, so, so that, that kind of gave me the idea that uh, more mutual lucid dreaming uh, was possible, but you had to do it with somebody who was a good lucid dreamer. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. That's some of the stuff that um, I really... Uh, I'm excited to, obviously it's, it's advanced, but those are some of the things that I'm really excited to kind of see uh, the results of, you know, I like, it's so surreal and almost unbelievable to me that it's even possible. But I remember being a kid and thinking, oh, I wonder if when we're dreaming, we could all hang out. And then here I am 40 years old, almost, you know, and <laughs> trying it, you know, it's like, oh, well now I'm going to try and so um, I, I know for a fact they talk about it in this book, The Dream Searchers. It's a fictionalized book, but they do talk about a lot of different techniques. One uh, that I hadn't previously heard of was called, that they talk about is called dream mapping in there, just uh, making a map of your dreams and stuff. But they do, um, but they do kind of cross back. It's kind of like the Matrix for dreaming, you know, yeah. and it's supposed to be a three-part series, but the third book didn't ever get published, and it's trans yeah. translated, so you know, you got to deal with that. It, but, it, but I really am excited to get into some of this uh, stuff. Any advice for uh, people who are attempting to do uh, shared lucid dreaming? Right. Uh, so, so, so first, you got to realize that you might become lucid, but the other person might not become lucid. Or you might become lucid and actually you're dealing with the dream figure of the other person and not that person themselves. And so, so there's a little bit of complications here. But the great thing is if you both become lucidly aware, 
pass on information, um, and then can wake up, send it to a fair witness, and have it verified later. But what I would suggest is that um, it helps to work with somebody who has good dream recall. Because like um, one time um, the phone rang, you know, it was 9 o'clock in the morning, and, and it's my friend, uh, my friend Ed Kellogg, who I, I mentioned in the book. He, he was a guy who did a lot of experiments with physical healing and, and lucid dreams and all and, and really got into that kind of stuff. But anyway, Ed calls me up. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. And, and, and Ed said, Robert, do you remember what you dreamt last night? And he said, yeah, sure. Um, let me go get my dream journal. So I get my dream journal, and I start just giving the recap of the three or four dreams. And he goes, okay, that one there where you're sitting at a table. Okay. In front of you in that table, is there a guy who's wearing a blue suit and a red tie and a white shirt and blah, 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 blah? And I go, yeah, yeah, that's right, Ed. Wow, that's, that's, that's amazing. And then Ed goes, and in your dream to, to your other side, was there a woman who looked like this and he described exactly what she's wearing? I go, yeah, Ed, that's exactly right. And then Ed goes, who was sitting to your left? And I said, gosh, Ed, I know it was a guy, but I just don't, you know, I didn't really look over there. I, I, I said, why do you ask? And he said, because I was sitting at the table lucidly aware, and that's why I know what these other dream figures looked like in, in the lucid dream experience. So, so it really helps to have someone like uh, Ed Kellogg or someone who has really good lucid dream recall. And, and also you're working with another partner who has good dream recall. But, but it gets to this idea of dream telepathy. You know, do, do you actually meet in this non-physical environment of dreaming or is it just your thoughts and intents go through the either and, you know, get translated as a dream sequence by somebody or something like that? It, it's a little bit, a little bit hard to know sometimes. Hard to know. That's, that's one for the dream emissary. <laughs> 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 no, so my friend Abby was able to hop in. So I'm going to pull her into the stream if that's cool with you guys. Great. Yeah. This is my uh, my good friend Abby. She's our she's our in house dream uh, weaver. We call her. I'm uh, working, right? so <laughs> but I'm so um, fangirling out here. So I'm excited that you're here. Um, I have a big question for you for my own personal dreaming practice. I was lucid dreaming like four times a week, and then it just kind of went offline. And then I'm getting all these triggers where, um, like, I had an eagle land on my arm. I'm like, oh wow, am I dreaming? absolutely not this is definitely real like wh why are things not working anymore to wake me up yeah you know uh, so so I, i've been lucid dreaming for more than 40 years and talked to a lot of lucid dreamers go all around the world give workshops and things one thing i've realized is sometimes uh, we lucid dreamers have lucid dreaming droughts and, and we'll be doing great and then all of a sudden it's like hey who turned off the water why why am i no longer having lucid dreams so normally there's a few things going on. Uh, sometimes people's lives have changed. They got a stressful project at work. And so now they got to focus, focus on work and they can't focus on dreaming so much. Or, you know, they might be taking a medicine or something. And now this medicine has a side effect that is actually screwing up their dream recall. But the third thing that happens is I always ask people, go back and look at your last lucid dream or two and see in there, was there something that made you afraid or gave you cause for concern, or even worse, ask you to grow and become your more true whole self? 
And a lot of times people go back and they go, oh my God, I went back and yeah, my, my larger awareness asked me to you know, uh, do something. And I'll, I'll tell you what happens. A lot of times the ego at that moment says, I'm going to shut down this lucid dreaming thing. I just, you know, the ego wants to be the king of everything. And so the ego uh, sometimes will make lucid dream recall harder. So did, does that make any sense, Abby? Yeah. And actually one of the last things that I did, I mean, my, I've had two lucid dreams, you know, kind of recently, but um, the one where it kind of shut off was, it was just a really long lucid dream. And I didn't know what to do to experiment anymore. So I finally was like, okay, I want to go behind the dream because Robert Wagner talked about that. So all of a sudden I'm free falling in the sky, like, or it, what I could describe as the sky. I'm just like free falling. And then I land and I see the blue light. And I was like, and that was the last thing I did. So I, wow. I guess. How, how did you feel when all this uh, falling and all this other stuff? I mean, was that kind of like, oh crap, what have I gotten into? I, I felt almost let down. I know that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. So, so, so anyway, uh, you, you, it, it sounds like uh, you've kind of processed it over the last four or five weeks and now your lucid dreams are starting to return. But, but sometimes, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have those kind of incidents happen and it takes us a while to kind of process it before our self allows us to get back on the lucid dream trail. It does seem kind of odd that there is a behind the dream, you know, and, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's just like, what does this mean? What what does that mean that you could actually do that? Well, you know, again, for myself, uh, the way I think of it is interacting with uh, one's unconscious mind, uh, you know, your larger awareness. And, uh, and, and so that's why I encourage people start out with a simple request like, hey, dream, show me something important for me to see. Because then it's an open-ended question. It's, you know, it's kind of like you allow the dream to show you what it thinks you should know. And, um, and sometimes those are the best um, lucid dreams. But, but that's how, you know, you could start out with it or a person could. Uh, I remember there was a woman who uh, used to run the uh, website World of Lucid Dreaming. And she got a little bit freaked out at this idea that, oh, there's an awareness behind the dream. Like, for her, that was kind of scary. So what she did to experiment uh, her first time, she shouted out, hey, dream, show me something hilarious. And and she said, all of a sudden, on this road in front of her, appears this groovy, multicolored gorilla walking down the road in this groovy walk. And, and she said it was absolutely so hilarious that in the lucid dream, she just screamed with laughter. I mean, that's how, how funny it was. So, so everyone has to kind of start where they are, but... Uh, Show me something important for me to see. Seems like a good place to begin. I I tried doing the ascended master thing, and it just it was not letting me talk to anyone. And then felt like that was my subconscious saying, "You don't need somebody else to tell you." So, yeah, you know, um, a, a lot of times people tell me, uh, they'll say something like, "Oh, could you uh, interact with Buddha, or could you talk to Jesus, and all this kind of stuff?" I'll say, "Look, you're going to get too excited. You're going to wake up. Don't even go there." But if you want to, if you want to have your mind blown, uh, become lucidly aware, stabilize lucid dream, and then say, "Hey, dream, let me experience unconditional love." And the resulting conceptual experience will be so powerful that that you'll just wake up with your mind blown. It'll just be like, "Oh my God, I never knew love could be so deep and powerful and transcendent and all." 
Or, you know, you could ask whatever, let me experience a minute of samadhi, let me experience a, a minute of union with the divine or whatever it is. Ask to have a conceptual experience because a lot of times we haven't built up a big uh, energy about all that kind of stuff. We just let it happen. I asked about the feeling tone and that one surprised me. Oh, what happened? It was really high pitched. It wasn't, I was expecting it to be like this low, like brown note type thing. And it was really high pitched. Can you, can you mimic it? It just is like a, like a beeping almost, except it didn't beep. It was just a long, long, high high frequency. Yeah. To to explain to everyone. uh, So so again, uh, I realized that there's this awareness mind, the dream. And I, I wanted to know if it could explain concepts. And so I've been reading this book by Jane Roberts called Seth Speaks. And in this book, uh, she states, or, or the channeled entity Seth states, that everyone has a feeling tone, which is the essence of themselves in this reality. And I'm like reading this, there's just two or three paragraphs, but I'm thinking, is it more feeling or more tone? Or you know, what does this mean? So what I become lucidly aware one time, and I think about that issue, and I, I announce, hey, dream. Let me hear my feeling tone. And kind of like Abby's saying, all, all of a sudden above me, I see this little black dot, and from it is coming this very high pitch. Oh, oh you're high pitch too. Yeah, really, really a high pitched ah sound. And it began to form a cone that was vibrating. And this cone kept getting bigger and bigger until basically it vibrated me out of existence. And so now there's this other guy watching this cone and this, this other, and I, I would say here I've kind of, um, now I'm kind of taken refuge in the soul or the psyche or however you want to think about it. But now this soul psyche begins to think, I should recapitulate that one. Now, which one was he? And it starts going through its memory banks, trying to recall which one. Is, oh, and then he, it comes upon Robert Wagoner, and boom, I appear. I'm sitting in um, with my fingers in a mudra. They're glowing gold. I'm looking at the house that I'm sleeping in, lucidly aware. And I thought, what, what just happened to me? And I said, oh, is that awe sound? Oh, I'm not going back there. But what I learned later is the awe sound is connected to Buddhist dream yoga. It's kind of the, the one sound that they totally feel that lucid dreaming is connected to this uh, uh so that's why i'm gonna try that again so yeah. you know it's, it's funny my books have been translated into other languages and so uh, a lot of the a lot of the people in korea who have read my book have really gotten into this idea of of a feeling tone because they kind of think of it as one's personal mantra sound or something and, and I, i've heard from a lot of people in korea and some people would try it three or four times and each time they'd hear the same tone every time they reached out and wanted to experience their feeling tone. But uh, I, again, I, I think it just shows, you know, how, how wild lucid dreaming is. It's, it's just like an open platform. If you want to spend all your time having fun and goofing around, you can. But if you want to explore totally arcane and uh, mystical stuff, you really can too. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm getting like a, what was it? Uh, the Truman Show sort of vibe with this uh <laughs> the the thing behind the dream <clears throat> and i guess my question is uh you know why is it why why is it so hard why is it so challenging <laughs> I, I you know i i 
I try and, uh, and, and, and like I said, I've had a couple lucid dreams, um, but it, it's almost like the harder I attempt to do it, the more difficult it becomes. Um, yeah. So it's definitely something that I, I want to uh, experience more. Uh, also from an idea of, you know, what supplements to take or not to take or things like that, that might be able to be helpful uh, with uh, memory recall and, and being aware in the dream. Yeah. You know, one thing that I'd suggest to people is, is they might want to start out with what I call lucid light. You know, it's like yogurt with half the calories, you know, lucid light is, is just simple. Anybody can do it. But basically, lucid light is dream incubation. You know, before you go to sleep, you kind of clear your mind and then you just focus on your dream incubation intent. Like tonight, let me have a dream that'll make me feel so happy and alive that I'll wake up in the morning you know, invigorated or, or whatever it is, or tonight my dreams, you know, show me of all my friends, which one, you know, is, is going to be the most helpful in the future or whatever, whatever, whatever you want to play with. But a lot of times when you do lucid dream light, dream incubation and have some uh, dream response, uh, then you realize that, oh, I'm actually connecting with my larger awareness or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, just by doing dream incubation. Um, I, I recall once I was giving a, a workshop and a woman said that she met a Native American shaman and, and she asked the Native American shaman how he came to such uh, wisdom. And he said, basically, uh, as a young guy, he realized dream incubation was the path. And so every night he would intend to learn something in his dreams. And he would be taught in his dreams. And he just kept getting taught and taught and taught and taught and taught until he, he said he, he was just blown away how much inner knowledge there was there. And so a lot of, you know, lucidly, it's kind of nice to interact with the awareness behind the dream. Uh, but you can also do it in a lucid light way. I, I, I did want to tell you a funny story. Um, so, so this group, uh, the Institute of Noetic Sciences called IONS, um, they've been having me teach... Uh, 30-day courses on lucid dreaming and living lucidly uh, along with Ed Kellogg and Jillian Thetford. And, and so I was explaining, you know, to the group uh, about interacting with the larger awareness. And this one woman seemed to be a, a great lucid dreamer. So that week she became lucidly aware. She stabilized the lucid dream. And then she shouted out to the awareness behind the dream, this non-visible awareness. How should I relate to my ex-husband? He's a total you know, ding dong, you know, she probably said something worse. And the, the awareness behind the dream said, you need to come back and, and get reconnected with him. And she shouts out, why? He's a total. And, and the non-visible awareness says, when you get close to passing away, he will be the only one who will come there and take care of you and nurse you during that time. And then she gets totally pissed off and she shouts out, if this is true, you show me something that's going to happen tomorrow that will make me believe that any of this is true. And she says, all of a sudden, she sees this wrecked SUV in a kind of ditch area. And she's thinking, what, what's, what's the deal with this wreck here? Anyway, she wakes up from the lucid dream. She writes it down. A few hours later, she turns on the TV. 
Tiger Woods has wrecked his SUV and Rancho Palos Verdes and you know, they might have to take off his leg or whatever. She said it was the exact image that she saw in this lucid dream. She, she said she was totally blown away, but still I could tell just by how she responded that there was no way she was going to reconcile with her ex-husband. <laughs> she, she, she just, <laughs> no matter what her inner self told her, she wasn't going to go there. So, so it, it's, um, it's a curious thing, but uh, that, that's how it goes. That's amazing. So any tips on um, just uh, uh, inducing the dreams right. uh, uh, that this sort of, uh, I, yeah, yogurt. I never thought I'd like yogurt, but then I got a trainer <laughs> and he started making me eat yogurt and I'm like, I like yogurt. So right. I would love to know, uh, you know, yeah, just uh, practical steps for folks out there. How best right. to get started. You know, so, so in my second book, uh, Lucid Dreaming, Plain and Simple, that, that's where all my tips and techniques on becoming cool. lucid, stabilizing lucid dream. But anyway, one thing I'll, I'll encourage people, uh, don't listen to people on YouTube who want you just to do nonstop reality checks. That, that'll take you months before you have a lucid dream. You'll be so bored out of your mind, it'll take forever. Listen for five minutes each night before you go to sleep. Just look at the palm of your hands while telling yourself, tonight in my dreams I'll see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. Tonight in my dreams I'll see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. You might be climbing a ladder in your dream and see your hands and go, oh, my hands, this is a dream. You might be opening a door and see your hands and go, oh, my hands, this is a dream. But this is a proven technique. It's called a conditioned response in psychology that you're making the side of your hands the trigger that makes you go, oh, this is a dream. I'm dreaming this. So that's one way. The second way is just so simple it hurts. It's called the power of suggestion. And so way back in the 80s when all of us lucid dreamers started out, most of us became lucid just by the power of suggestion. And so here would be a suggestion. Tonight in my dreams, I'm going to be much more aware. And when I notice something strange, I'll realize I'm dreaming. So tonight in my dreams, I'm going to be much more aware. And when I notice something strange, I'll realize I'm dreaming. And so if you're driving along, you know, in a Mercedes, and now you're on a motorcycle, and now you're on a skateboard, and now you're on a tricycle, you just don't accept it. You go, wait, a moment ago I was in a Mercedes. What am I doing on this tricycle? Oh, this has to be a dream. So it's just telling yourself to be aware and not let all that stuff uh, slide by. But that, those would be uh, just two simple ways uh, for folks who want to get into it. Now, when it comes to the idea of supplements, here's a natural supplement that anyone can work with because we all know it works, and that's caffeine. So one thing I've realized over my long history of lucid dreaming is often I've become lucid when I'd go to a dinner and at the end of it have decaffeinated coffee because decaffeinated coffee still has like, I don't know, 30 micrograms or milligrams of caffeine. And then that night I've become lucidly aware. And so I started to tell people, before you go to sleep, you know, drink three ounces of, of hot tea, you know, drink, you know, one ounce of, of coffee. And it's not enough to keep you awake, but it is enough to have some aspect of you become more aware and go, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? This must be a dream. But it's safe. You can't hurt yourself. You can't freak your, you know, you can't do anything crazy. You can operate heavy equipment uh, while, while drinking uh, caffeine. So, so that, 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 that's how I would run with it. Uh, you know, there's, there's some other things I could think of, but that, that's what comes to mind right now. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I've actually, I've never heard that tip and, uh, and I love coffee. So, so that's definitely just, just, a, just a little just, bit. You, you, yeah. you can't have coffee all throughout the day and then have a extra ounce before you go to sleep. I, I mean, most of us, we, we stop by noon or whenever and, uh, and uh, so. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, that's amazing. Also for some people, um, uh, some people have, um, vitamin B like boy B deficiency. And so some people, if, if you don't have very good dream recall or very vivid dreams, take some vitamin B, the B complex, before you go to sleep. Not only will it help with memory, but oftentimes it'll help with dream recall. And sometimes it'll help you recall your intent to become lucidly aware. So that's another one of those things that you can take without having to worry about hurting yourself. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing and spending some time with us today. I know I'm a little, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really grateful for you sharing your time. I, I sent you a Facebook message. I was like, yeah, we'll see. And then you got, and when you got back to me, I was so excited. The first thing I did was uh, text us in our chat and say to Abby, oh my God, I just talked to Robert Wagner. He's going to be willing to come on our show. So thank you so very much for, oh. for taking the time. Um, James, do you have any, uh, any, any questions, comments here yeah. for Robert? Oh, you're muted, but here, I'll unmute you. Uh, I'm just yeah. learning. I'm just learning. No, I'm, uh, I'm just observing and, and listening. I, uh, it's all, you know, due to me, I've, I've, uh, lucid dreamed a couple times and, but it's mostly been in like, uh, I had a reoccurring dream. I don't have it anymore, but I had a reoccurring dream for a good portion of the first part of my life where I, I'd be chased. And I would realize that I was being chased and they would never, they've never caught me in my dream. And I would just like grow wings and fly away. And yeah. like, I would realize like, Oh, I can do this. And, but I never um, explored the benefits of that ability. Uh, I didn't even know that that's what I was doing actually. And uh, so, you know, um, I've only really got into the uh, concept um, since uh, Vedam Zeeland's uh, reality transurfing. And, uh, you know, so it's, um, it's new to me. And so I'm just absorbing. I, I was actually thinking the whole time, like, gosh, I once got all these really good questions and I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a long path and, and that's great. And, and I'll have to check out this book, Dream Searchers. Uh, I, I was, uh, giving a talk online, uh, with a dream conference happening out in Moscow. And I told him, oh, I felt bad that my book hadn't been translated into Russian yet. It's been translated into Chinese and other languages. And they go, oh, yeah, we, we've already translated your book into Russia. We just, you know, nobody told you. We just did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's apparently bootleg copies of my books out, out there. But, uh, but, it, but there are some interesting things about dream mapping and stuff like that. One time I interacted with a lucid dreamer from the Ukraine, and, and he explained the whole thing to me. And uh, and. I, I totally get it and understand how it works. It's it's really, it's really kind of a cool way. It's kind of an updated way of uh, shamanic journeying and lucid dreams, and, and it, it, there's really uh, something to it. So, uh, I'm I'm glad they talk about it in that book. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting book. It's like I said, it's kind of like the Matrix for dreamers. You know, they're really. Uh, do a good job of explaining some of Castaneda's techniques and they are kind of, you know, uh, reducing the wall between regular, what we call waking life and, and that dream world. And um, yeah, I mean, we don't dream for no reason. And it's clear that there's a lot of very 
useful, straightforward, practical things like asking for advice from some consciousness that's greater than us in the dream that we can actively do. That's amazing. I mean, that's, uh, that's like a cheat code is what that yeah. kind of is. <laughs> no, 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 in the final chapter of my second book, Lucid Dreaming, Plain and Simple, I have a technique that anybody can use to see that right now this so-called waking reality is actually basically like a dream construct. And, and so you don't have to be a lucid dreamer to use the technique. I, I'm not going to explain it here over the uh, video, but uh, check it out and, and see what happens. Because, uh, again, that's how this all ties in to Buddhist dream yoga. And that's how this all ties into these spiritual traditions who've been talking about lucid dreaming, you know, for seven or eight thousand years. That's great. And are your books available on uh, via audiobook? Yep, they're both uh, on audiobook, uh, Amazon, all booksellers, uh, Kindle, all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah, folks, go grab Robert's books. They're amazing. I have I have your first book. It's it's incredible. It is exhaustive and there's a lot of great information in there. And I'm going to get uh, Lucid Dreaming plain and simple. I love that uh, that idea, just keeping it concise with all the practices in there. So folks definitely go and do that. I've got, uh, I've got links in the show notes, go check that stuff out. And yeah, is there anything in particular that you might want to, uh, let people know about any events you're doing or anything you're working on project wise currently? Yeah. You know, I, I always have things going on. And, uh, it, if you go to my website, uh, lucid-dreaming-advice.com, uh, you can see what I'm up to and when my next uh, online event's going to be. Uh, this next coming week, I'm going to be out in Boulder, Colorado, uh, helping out with the workshop. And uh, so anyway, if, if I don't meet people uh, on the virtual or, or whatever, I, I hope to meet everyone in the dream state. And, uh, and then we can really have some fun. Yes, lucid, lucid Palooza coming, uh, coming this, this summer. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Check out Robert's work. Get the books, check them out, start doing this uh, practice and get, get more clarity over your life. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's and, been fun. Thanks. Man, thank you. And uh, perhaps we'll go a little bit deeper sometime in the future. But yeah, we'll start here and, uh, and see how we can grow. And just want to once again, say thank you and remind everybody to go and check out, check out this man's work. It's, it's absolutely exhaustive and incredible. Yeah. Thanks for the information. It was really, uh, it was really uh, a lot of stuff resonated. Yeah. Great. Great. Great to see all of you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And thanks, Abby. Really. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Go find Abby on Instagram. Uh, and James as well. James is at Sonic portal. Abby is at, uh, dream what is it abstract dreamer abstract, <laughs> abstract underscore dreamer and uh, and robert's on instagram as well so uh we're connected over there so uh yeah hit us up have a wonderful monday everybody have a great week and we'll see y'all all very very soon much love many blessings